millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us and us I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sweet song, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Well, it's free points and free speech at the valley, yes, sir. I still don't think we're getting freed from this nightmare, though, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening to you, welcome 
to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendez. Uh, we're going to be catching up, talking about yesterday's victory uh, here at the Valley uh, against Chesterfield. Joining me in the studio uh, is the uh, always living the dream, is Nathan Miller. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream, mate. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and he's come to steal his dream, uh, making his debut on the, on the show tonight. Uh, sports journalism student, Joe Reed. How are you doing, Joe? Very well, thank you, Louis. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, thanks for, for coming to join us here on, on uh, Charlton Live. Yeah, we'll, we'll go nice and easy on you on your debut. Thank you very much. Excellent. Here uh, to save your bacon. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, up until about 25 minutes ago, I wasn't sure if we were even going to have a show, but luckily the pair of you could come in and... Uh, Buttons for punishment, really, to try and think about Charlton again for another game. But hey, we won a game yesterday um, uh, against Chesterfield. We're going to, of course, talk about that game on tonight's show. We're going to hear from uh, Russell Slade. We're going to hear from Chris Solly, the uh, lesser spotted Chris Solly in the press in the press conference. He does uh, does about one a year, and we we're very lucky yesterday that Chris Solly came in to speak to us. Uh, we're going to hear from a young fan called Lucas. His first ever game at the Valley, because uh, I think. It's probably fair to say that our show is pretty miserable all the time now, so it's nice to hear a little bit of positivity. Uh, we've got young Lucas uh, told me what it was like, his, his first ever game at the Valley. Uh, also, we want to talk about what happened uh, during the week, the interviews on TalkSport. Catherine Mayer got a, a good log interview with uh, Jim White on TalkSport, and then the next day Rick Everett uh, was given a chance to respond. So we want to talk about those two. So um, if you have anything you want to get off your chest tonight, Charlton White's talking about the game, uh, talking about those, uh, those two interviews. If you want, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive you head over to the Charlton Live forum there's a thread on there uh, let us know what you made of yesterday's game and uh, like I say those two interviews I think first things first let's have a listen back to the highlights of yesterday's 1-0 win Terry Smith and Greg Stubley from CFC Player HD talk you through the action as the addicts claim a late winner against Chesterfield well head it back into the path of Holmes he looks to cross into the box or oh, just behind a Jose but the clearance has come straight to Morgan Fox thought about a shot doesn't take it into Lookman, Lookman, turns his man, lovely turn as well, finds a Jose, little one-two, back to Lookman, thought about a shot, now does shoot, deflection, straight into the pole of Fulton. As does Demer, and it comes to Evans, looks to get past Bauer, but comes back to Gardner, Gardner, cross turns Bauer into the penalty, Gardner looks at the far post, off the post, he'll fall for a Reby, Reby looks to chip the ball back in, Evans, deflected off Bauer, and Chart will hope to clear now. It's a Jose's flip ball, looks for cross, cross. Oh, now lovely to touch. McGuinness and a Jose's free on goal. Nicky Jose oh, off the, the post. post, comes to Chris Solly. Still on the penalty here, first touch, goes oh, goal over the bar. Lookman will take the free kick for Charlton towards McGuinness. Well, well, oh. It's a good save for Fulton, a cracking header from Josh McGuinness, who's a hopeful free kick from Lookman. He had a bit of pace on it, just allowed McGuinness just to divert it. It was a great header from McGuinness, who's well. placed towards the far corner. It was a good save from Fulton just to guide it behind. Don Hope just couldn't keep the ball in play. And there's the half-time whistle. Playing it square, but Solly can cross the ball. Lovely ball to find Holmes. Holmes able to control, gets towards the byline. Left-footed delivery's good. McGuinness with the header. Oh, it's gone wide. Good football again from Charlton. Lovely ball from, from Solly, Solly, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. found uh, Ricky Holmes in space on this left-hand side. He fashioned the cross in. Uh, it was a tight angle, but he still managed to get it across. And McGuinness is uh, jumping craned his neck to try and get it goalwards and just uh, on the wrong side of the right hand post got across ahead of him but it looks a long chip ball forward towards McGuinness again does well to look back to Jose now Holmes Holmes can take on Graham again Ricky Holmes inside the penalty area here he comes across goal cut up by Everett Holmes is starting to up a gear on that side Graham who has been booked doesn't want to concede a foul against him it's causing him all sorts of problems Charlton take the throw in quickly Fox inside to Crofts 
does well to shape across. Cuts to McGuinness. Oh, straight at him. <laughs> Lovely play from Crofts. Got the ball to the back post. McGuinness, free header, couldn't generate the power. It was easy for Fulton in the end. He's going to chip this to the left, looking for McGuinness, who's had his shirt pulled again. And this time the referee had a clear view. And again, he's done nothing. But Holmes has managed to pick the ball back off of Evans. Goes attacking on the left-hand side. Chip ball across. McGuinness jumps to the keeper. Puts the ball in the net, but the referee's already blown for a foul. Yeah, I think the keeper had two hands on the ball when he's, he's headed it out. I don't think it's a foul on the actual keeper itself with jumping up. It's just because I think Fulton had two hands on the ball and McGuinness has headed it out of his hands. Comes across to Crofts again. Cross has got Holmes on this left, but he cuts inside, trying to find place himself. Does well, finds Overstad. Overstad out to the right is Bataka. Can he go at him? No. Cross ball into the box. Good Looking ball. for Furness. A lovely header from Jose. No, he didn't uh, connect properly. I thought it was a good header. He was in a great position on the edge of the six-yard box. Goal at his mercy. But he skied his header wide right of the post. Swings it across to the left-hand side, or tries to, or just about gets away with it as well as Arebi almost picked it off. But Holmes has it over halfway. Going on a run, Holmes. Holmes still on the ball, heading towards the corner of the penalty area. Gets the ball in the box. Novak with the header! It's a goal! Oh, what a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header from a magnificent Holmes cross. Puts Charlton in the lead. Here's his former side as well, Lee Novak. We're talking about hopeful crosses. This one from Ricky Holmes was deliberate. He did brilliantly. He's, he's taken on that Chessville defence a lot in the second half. He's got to the byline a lot. His crosses have been indifferent, but that one was perfect. But Novak, what a header that is. He's come across his man. He's just flicked it on, but he's flicked it on a position where the goalkeeper can't reach it. Against his former side, Lee Novak has probably given Charlton the winner. Well, it was uh, a decent build-up. Firstly, Chris Solly from the right-hand side, cut back inside, found Croft. Uh, almost uh, picked off by Aribi, but it fell to Holmes on halfway, and he went on one of those snaking runs across. He had Fox on his outside, he ignored him completely. Got to the corner of the penalty area, swung the ball across left-footed, and Lee Novak, who'd come across the penalty area, glanced his header out and away from the outstretched desperate hand of Fulton and Charlton have a precious lead here with pretty much three and a half minutes of normal time remaining Chris Solly comes across O'Shea's behind him Chris Solly makes him pass it to O'Shea he's going to take a right foot shot taking a deflection oh, oh just blimey. wide right of the post with Declan Rudd grasping it air and there was no way he was stopping that had that gone inside the post. It took a wicked deflection from the shot. And he was nowhere near it. Yeah, I looked at Declan Rudd as soon as that shot was taken. He thought he was going in. Let off for Charlton. And Charlton will have a free kick. But they won't have time to take it. Because the referee is blown for full time. So you heard the uh, highlights of yesterday's 1-0 win over Chesterfield. Late one uh, come in. But they all count, don't they, Nath? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, they all count. Um, we were saying sort of... Um, off air, that you know, weren't a, weren't a spectacle of a game, a spectacle of a game. But uh, first half was a bit flat. Second half, um, just dominated it. I, mean, I can't really remember him apart from that last little cameo at the end, that the shot. But I thought we dominated the game and the second half. And I just think we made it a bit more difficult for ourselves if we, you know, Jose's chance in the first half. But that header, he should he should have done better with that. For when mm. Jordan come on, that should have that should have got us a goal there. And then obviously a big nose. Big noses come on and uh, 
<laughs> big old nose come on got us a you're not in so. a position to be talking about the size of anyone's nose <laughs> Rebecca Adlington yeah. no noves not oh, noves <laughs> I was going to say yeah. Second, yeah. No, I can't diss anyone's yeah. nose the size of my oh, yeah I can't do that <laughs> Um, the, the, the way the game was, uh, Joe, I guess we always knew, uh, we saw Chesterfield were, were putting five at the back, you know, we always knew it was going to be pretty frustrating at times, so I guess if you try and look at it, you know, we, eventually we ground them down, if, if you try and take it like that, I mean, it wasn't a spectacle, as Nave said, it wasn't a great game, but we got there in the end, I guess. Yeah, we, we got there in the end, I mean... I think it was a reasonably sound offensive performance. I think there was an early wobble by Foxy, and it was a pretty rash change at the start. But I mean, <laughs> it was a it was a decent defensive performance, but it was just about you know just first half especially. It just felt very very flat going yeah. forward. Just and it doesn't. I mean, the, with the way things are at the moment, the, the, you know it, everything's so flat and it, almost depressing and the crowd's quiet and it's just hard to sort of get G'd yeah. up but you know we got there in the end yeah, a lot of talk about how people felt coming away from the game yesterday even though it was quite a late uh, winner don't forget to let us know what you made yesterday so you can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk I think the uh, the major talking point uh, before the game yesterday was obviously the fact that I saw Nicky Ajote going into, um, into Sainsbury's to buy a tin of Red Bull which we all know means that he needed that extra energy because he was starting and I mean that was that was what a lot of fans are called for to go to 4-4-2 mm. uh, what, what did you make in Nicky's performance yesterday? Yeah he, I think the first half um, it, it was frustrating me a little bit because I think he was dropping a bit too deep to try and get the ball um, well, I think he should be further up. Going, and he wasn't really getting onto any flick-ons from Josh, um, apart from that that open that bit of passage of play, which was amazing. Which I watched back this morning on the Football Five thing, which was lovely. And he was just inches from get, obviously scoring when it hit the post. So, um, but you know, we, we looked a lot more positive um, having two up top. You know, we we just seemed to. We still, I think, we mm. still a bit slow in possession. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely a, an improvement in. Especially for the Gillingham game, anyway. It was interesting, actually. I don't know. I don't know what what, what Slade said on the interview that we've got here with Tell because I haven't heard it yet. But um, well, I, I asked Russell about the four four two, and he said he, he he did actually say he felt it left us a little bit open at times. And um, I mean, did you see when there was a, a couple of chances for Chesterfield in the opening in the opening spell? I mean, a lot of fans are saying you know we're, we're the home team. You go you go four four two, whether it leaves you slightly open or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't really mind being you know slightly more open, but I think we should be. In, in League One, we should have the mentality of we will outscore you rather than mm. we'll, you know, plant five in midfield and stop you playing. I think we should be expressing ourselves and scoring goals in this division. Really, mm. uh, I think we had, we saw a you know, cagey opening. Russell had called for a, a, a pacey opening like we'd seen at Port Vale, which mm. uh, you know uh, very few of us were lucky enough to see. That was actually a pretty good performance in that game uh, up until the last half an hour or so. Uh, and and then we we all saw what happened at Gillingham last week. It was a really lethargic start and Jill certainly played the better pro- probably throughout the night if we're being honest but especially in the first half it, w- it wasn't that fast start we were hoping for yesterday and we, we saw we saw an, an early ish an early sort of half chance for Lookman where that shot was, took a couple of deflections but apart from that you know we weren't it wasn't gung-ho it wasn't that sort of pressurised like we saw say against Shrewsbury when we beat them 3 and that's that's really what we, we're hoping for more often at home but when you look at the fact that they did have five at the back, I guess that, that might explain it a bit, and that and that's sort of what you had to deal with. Yeah, you still we're still aiming to get that level of consistency, though. If we're especially on our home games and using our patterns of play and knowing how we're doing, but yeah, yesterday did start flat again. So at the moment, we don't know which which side's going to come out at the moment. Um, 
But yeah, it's, it, we, it did leave us open in a way. But then that could be put down. Maybe it's our positioning of our midfielders. It's, you know, you see loads of teams play four four two. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be wide open. It's not like you're playing one at the back, is it? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just on your positional play and how you how your tactics are. So, mm-hmm. but I think it was a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't a spectacle spectacle of a game, but I think it's definitely an improvement from. Recent weeks, yeah. For all their limitations, um, Chesterfield had a little, a little spell, sort of around the twenty-five minute mark. We saw a free kick uh, from Evans, which which hit the wall, and then and then they they had their, their good bit of play with Dan Gardner, and mm. a nice bit of footwork actually there, and he, and he just played it against the far post. <laughs> One of those ones where, with with how it been a reasonably flat start to the game, you've, you're quite thankful that doesn't go in because you know exactly how quickly things can turn when we go a goal down at the valley. Yeah, and then the the crowd goes at that point. I mean, I was. I was sitting right behind that, and uh, I thought that was in the, in yeah. the whole way. And it's almost we're starting to get a foot in the game, and then and then that that goes in. It kind of would have killed us. Um, but you know, it's very pleasing that obviously that hit the post and yeah. didn't go out. But there was a passage passage of play there where they looked really good, yeah. <laughs> and I thought they were poor, poor, you know, for the most of the, of the game. game yeah. But there was that little section yeah. where there were actually some pretty incisive passes around but, the uh, box. No, yeah, obviously. When, when you've got the players the quality of Chad Evans up the top you know, we're not and before anyone thinks about him we're not getting involved in anything like that tonight but um, <laughs> if um, it, you, you think about the quality of players they got up the top you know there, there is you know, there, there is a, a sort of a, a danger man in there um, then we had our chance now like I said we, we, we called for like fans were calling for a Jose and we saw I thought it was a glorious bit of link up play from McGuinness the little touch around the corner and Nicky's through and you think if, if he's played every game this season and he's probably got a couple more goals he's putting that one away straight away I mean that is a sign of the rustiness and the, the lack of confidence perhaps it's going to take a while to come back I think when he, when he side footed that one onto the far post yeah I mean it was, it was just like you said it was good link up play and it was yeah it was, it was inches you know what I mean so an inch left on his boot or something you know it, it, it would have gone in but yeah like you say if he was starting he was firing all cylinders that those ones just got it would come off the post and go in mm. but um, it didn't fall for him and the same with the header which I think He'd, he'd be disappointed with that one because that one it was free and it was yeah, he should have done a lot half. better just, with that yeah, I yeah. just wonder is the, the, the cross come over it was a Botarka cross mm. I, I just wonder if um, he would have thought the defender yeah the touch, defender yeah. in front of him you think, you're thinking he's going to touch that but when, when you're seeing someone nod it wide from it <laughs> five yards out you go don't you yeah and then well, that's what I mean so then he sort of shot himself in the foot now especially big noses have come on and then big nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's come on, and now he's scored. He's. I think that Jose's going to be back at square one now because is he going to drop Novak or does he keep the same again for the Scunthorpe game? I don't know, but mm. well, that's another another story. But um, yeah, mm. uh, sort of chance for Josh McGuinness sort of just on half time. Uh, I, I think one of the things we didn't make, we haven't mentioned yet the corners in the first half. <laughs> uh, I mean, we all know Adi- Adimola Lookman. I think I think it was Tom. I think I saw a tweet yesterday that we all know that Adimola Lookman is probably going to play at a very high level of football, mm. but he can't take corners. Can he? <laughs> he's uh, he set pizza delivery. It was very strange. Yesterday. I mean, he did put a nice one in from a free kick that McGinnis headed yeah. towards just before half time, caught yeah. the keeper out on the stretch. Good save. Uh, but twice in that first half, and we've seen it too many times before at the Valley where he's not beat the first man. Twice in that first half, he's going to curl the corner straight out. That's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I I don't really understand it. I think I can. If I was to look at the squad, I couldn't think of a player who I more like at the edge of the box to you know drop a shoulder, create half a chance, and and you know and and put a, put a shot away. So I'd, I'd have him at the edge of the box and, and give Ricky the corners. I don't yeah. I don't see why that hasn't been done yet. Well, Ricky scored from a corner before. So exactly. We yeah. know he's excellent. Just keep doing that. Yeah, that's, I mean that's obviously what you should aim for. If you're Danny Green, you used to shoot from corners every single time he got the ball. <laughs> uh, so second half comes out. I mean, I think. Um, 
we saw him again. It took us a while to get going. I mean, you, you Nate, you felt we were more dominant, in, mm. and I think in terms of possession, that's yeah. probably, that's, that's fair. We were, yeah. Um, and like we say, we, we were struggling to break down that that Chesterfield team that were you know, sitting back, soaking <coughs> up. And I think you know, if you're a Chesterfield fan, you're probably sitting there and thinking, "Oh, we're defending well here." Mm. Um, I was reading the, the Chesterfield Twitter account, and they were going along about how they were defending heroically and. Had the BBC Derbyshire. Now this is something I've got to ask about. BBC Derbyshire cover Chesterfield. Uh, sorry, BBC Sheffield cover Chesterfield. Despite the fact they're in Derbyshire, I mean that is fraud. Hmm. But yeah, um, yes, their BBC Sheffield guy was saying that they, they, they were defending heroically, and I guess they were. Yeah, yeah, they were, because that's what they set their stall out to do. And when because they were playing so deep, Ched was up front on his own, and he was so isolated. There was no way. The, as soon as they released the ball, it was coming straight back at them because they had no one to hold the ball up. So. Yeah, when I say we were dominant, I wouldn't say we in in terms of creating chances or anything like that. But just like you said, in possession wise and how we sort of tried moving them about, because when you've got when you've got that many people behind the ball, that's what you're going to have to need to drag people out and switch. Play. And that's mm. what we did. We did do well, but we just didn't have that killer pass apart from a couple of times like Jordan and mm. Ricky's ones. But um, yeah, second half we were a lot more dominant. Yeah, which we, we saw nice I mean, to see. Yeah, within the space of a couple of minutes, there's a couple of chances from McGuinness mm. where I think Holmes, who I thought I thought Holmes had a good game. Getting mm. up and down the wing again. As, I mean, he is, I'd say, he's arguably apart from maybe maybe Adelaide Lillman when he's on it. He's, mm. he's, a, he's our he's our only player. He's, he runs runs at people with a ball yeah. and uh, put over a decent cross from McGuinness, which he headed just wide. And then there was another one I think come from a cross cross where he headed at a keeper. Mm. Um, but there, there was an incident. I mean, you you said you were near it, Nave. So yeah. I, I I didn't. I have to admit, I didn't see it. But apparently, there was a, a bit of stick given to to Ricky in the corner. I'm, I'm guessing sort of before the goal. I mean, did you mm. know what happened there? Um, well, all I saw is the. Um, so obviously, we got a corner, and obviously Ricky was about to take it. And you had, um, from what I saw, there was a couple of chaps, or one or two chaps, or three chaps, who said something to Ricky. So I was, I'm at the back, um, and this was obviously right near the front. Something was said. I don't know if it was anything untoward or anything but then Ricky's looked round and said something back hmm. um, and then cross it, the, the corner's gone in cleared then it's come back to Ricky near our own half he's running crossed it goal and then Ricky's come and sort of run towards that section again and gave it a bit of have a bit of that sort of thing ah. and then after there was a bit of an argument between some fans at the front of the north and a, and a couple of fans in the quadrant as well so I think there was obviously words were probably said to Ricky was, there was rumours that someone said I'll beat the first man or something which our corners were blooming dreadful yeah. the first yeah. half so it might have been someone just said make mm. sure you beat the first man for goodness sake but not as politely as that maybe yeah. but um, so yeah but I don't, it wasn't, I don't think it was anything um like massively drastic, but apart from you get the odd comment up on the, from spectators. But yeah, yeah. I did a um, a funny story that uh, apparently after Novak scored, he cupped his ears, and about two yeah. minutes later, he had a sitter from twelve yards <laughs> out, he completely scuffed. <laughs> oh, I did see him yeah. cup his ear then. Yeah, oh, it was the fans will cup their ears after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but you see that quite a bit actually. I remember yeah. the 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 world's greatest striker Simon Church giving a bit of shush to the uh, the covered end after scoring once. When cause I guess when you're a player, you get stick from your own fans. It, m- it must be a weird situation for you because I mean, obviously you go out there to try your best. Obviously, sometimes it don't come off for you, but it's it's a weird situation to have. I guess to have fans sort of on your back. I mean, it happens at every football club. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not just here, but mm. must be a slightly weird one for him. Um, so, well, we, we saw Jordan Botaka come on, 
with about 20 minutes left this time. And, yeah. Uh, Shock. Yeah, yeah, rather than the 10. <laughs> I mean, got to do? He, he's a player, you, you feel like he just hasn't, he hasn't been played much, has he? But mm. imp- impressed yesterday, I thought. Yeah, no, yeah, it was good, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, I, I thought, I mean, as soon as he came on, he had that ball that um, landed on a Jose's head that, mm. I mean, I remember turning around at the time and saying, it just seemed to, it seemed to, it was great technique and it, Really dipped as it got to the yeah. as it got o- over the head, which I think is what kind of fooled Jose a little bit. But great technique and the little you know fa- fancy footwork by the corner flag reminded me of the uh, Tony Watt Antonio <laughs> scenario. <laughs> oh, those were the happy days, weren't they? Went up to Tony Watt's uh, spiritual home of Hearts the other day, actually, when I was on my holiday. Um, and yeah, so we've seen that missed chance by Jose. Obviously, we're thinking it's not it's not coming. Uh, and the big nose has come on with five minutes left or ten minutes left or so. Uh, Joe, you're sitting there saying that he's uh, he's an excellent player, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, the the story goes. I was uh, <laughs> uh, from the time of his introduction to the uh, header hitting the back of the net. I uh, <coughs> was telling my girlfriend how much I didn't rate him and how poor he was, <laughs> and um, she doesn't know much about football. And as far as she's concerned, Josh McGuinness scored the uh, <laughs> scored the winner for us. So you had to cover your own back I by did, saying yes. someone else scored. So yeah. it, was he cupping his ears at you? She's probably listening to this too. So yeah, sorry, I lied, darling. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 then you know the 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 big nose header hit, hit, hits the back of the net and. The, the celebrations there. I was, I was watching the highlights again on, on my phone earlier, and you see, um, you, you're in the North Lower. You, you, the last minute goal goes in, you do celebrate. You enjoy the moment. I was, I was having a little fist pump, and uh, weirdly, the steward in front of me was there to stop people dangling banners. Was having a little fist pump back at me as well. I think he was just happy because it was nearly home time. Yeah. But um, and, and you know, you enjoy it, but then the full time whistle goes, and you're like, well, we, you know, we've won. We're up to 14th now in League One. It it, it, it just felt a bit flat, didn't it? Mm. I don't know, and I. Oh, and we all know why, but it's, it's just it's just a strange feeling after we've won a home game to, you know, not want to go out for eighteen points in Greenwich or something. It was it's mm. just a bit. It's not. The, it, it just doesn't quite feel the same these days. Maybe it's the fact that there's, there's so few people there now. I mean, the, the official crowd was ten thousand. There's no way there's more than seven thousand in that ground yesterday. Mm. Um, target twenty k got there one of them. I bumped into one of the target twenty k lot that we had. Uh, we had him on the show a few months ago. He's left now as well. Everyone's. Uh, Is there said, anyone left? Yeah. Just catch him. I don't know. <laughs> he said it was. Um, he said it was. If anything, he didn't leave for any any controversial reason. He said it's just a lot. Of, it is a lot of hard work as well. And I'm guessing it's probably a lot of hard work for very little reward at the moment in terms of, you know, in, ter- <coughs> in terms of doing that sort of stuff. But yeah, that that final whistle went. I, I don't think there was even a tunnel jump yesterday. I didn't no, notice one. No, yeah. no just, the whole. It just seems really flat at the moment. Like there's there, there, there's no atmosphere. It doesn't seem like there's like not hardly any singing and. Just seems like no, none of us want to be there, but we just feel like we have to. Yep. That's what it feels like. So yeah. even even I know I bang on about being in the pub, right? But even the Swan, right, is dead. <laughs> it's like literally, it is dead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's there's obviously people in there, but it's not as busy as it was like when we was in when Chris Powell was here. And we was doing well. There's just it just seems really soulless at the moment. Mm. Um, uh, Bob Liscombe says the good bit apart from the goal was the tireless running. Of Crofts, uh, he, he like enjoyed the, uh, the the run of Crofts. So, what did you guys make of him? He, he does. Uh, he's one. He's one of those players that, in, sometimes in the middle of the park. I mean, that, that's been something that people have talked about a lot mm. this season. I've, I've always said, I thought, you know, if, if we weren't playing two very similar players, which we were doing at the start of the season, I think, you know, I didn't think they stand, they stood out as terrible yesterday. Crofts and was it Jack? Was um, it was in the middle with him? Overstad. But Overstad, yeah. And, and I think the fact that now we have Overstad in the middle helps. Rather yeah. than having the likes of Cross and Jackson, who perhaps were a bit too sim- similar uh, in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been really impressed with um, Freddie since he's come in. I think he's a I think he's a great player. Um, 
but I mean, no, Cross didn't stand out. It was particularly dreadful. I mean, it, it, it was it was steady yesterday. It was not not poor. And sometimes that's what you need, I guess, in the in the, in the middle of the park. That's what that's what you. Uh, looking for right keep your tweets we've got a few more tweets to, to read out after we hear from uh, Russell Sader so you can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can uh, send your emails in studio at charltonlive.co.uk tell us what you made of yesterday's game uh, what you make of what you're about to hear now from Russell Slade uh, and also don't forget in the second half of the show we're going to be talking about the TalkSport interviews with uh, CEO Katrine Mayer and uh, Rick Everett from the Voice of the Valley went on the next day to refute pretty much everything that Katrine said. Uh, so we want to so hear what you guys made of uh, of those two interviews on TalkSport during the week. And I think, um, as uh, Charlton fans, I think I think it would be remiss not to say that it, it, we, we should be grateful that TalkSport and Jim White actually go, I mean, no matter what you think, no matter what you think about, oh, he didn't call her this and that, they're not going to do that. You know, and we should be grateful that you know sometimes you, sometimes it's a case of giving and giving people the rope to hang themselves with in terms of these interviews. I mean, uh, you know, you, you can't you, you can't expect Jim White to go out there. And in fairness, his first question having heard it yesterday was pretty blunt yeah, yeah. anyway. But you have to understand that you know we have to. I think we should be grateful that, that they go out there and do those interviews for us. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Let's hear what Russell Slade had to say. Uh, he came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's one 0 win over Chesterfield. Joined by Russell Slade after a victory uh, at the Valley, one 0 win over Chesterfield and Russell, eighty uh, fifth minute. I'm, I'm sure you'd have preferred that to come a little bit sooner. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, the important thing was that we got we got the three points. Um, we kept knocking on the door um, without any 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 kind of um, fortune. We had a few opportunities. Um, but they sat deep and made it very difficult for us at times this afternoon, and we had to be patient. But obviously, delighted for Lee Novak coming on against his old team and and getting what was a really good winner. Two weeks on the trot, actually, we've we've had um, uh, players coming off the bench who have uh, made a contribution and and look lively. You must be pleased that uh, uh, with the squad depth in that respect, that Lee Novak and even John Pataka coming on uh, really um, uh, sort of gave us a bit of an uplift. And, and Lee yeah. Novak uh, could have got two, in fact. No, no, absolutely. It's, it's it's important to value the squad and value the group. And 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 sometimes, you know, just making a substitute can change the dynamics of the game. Um, Jordan Bataka also um, made a really positive contribution um, when he came on. So, you know, that, 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 that's good. That's good to see. It's, it's important because um, you're not going to make mountains of progress unless, you know, everybody's contributing. And that's not just the 11. It's the, it's the whole group, you know, the 21, whatever we've got, you know, the, in the main that um, feature week in and week out. And speaking of contributions, Ricky Holmes, who'd done a very similar uh, kind of work most of the game when he switched to that left-hand side, he was uh, he was giving their right back torrid time, uh, and uh, managed to get into that position quite a number of occasions. And that final time, when a lovely cross into Lee Novak's head, uh, he, he must have uh, thought at that point, at last, you know, I've, I've I've been doing this all game, and finally it's come off. Yeah, in a sense, they're both happier on that left-hand side, Lookman and and. Um Amrick, but we changed it round at half time. It's a great, it's a great run from Rick. He picked the ball up just inside our half, real positive run, and managed to control um, the cross as well with his left foot at pace, um, and, and and really good piece of movement as well from Lee Novak to lose his marker just by half a yard and directing the header in. It was uh, it was a really good finish. 
And one we deserved on, on the balance of play. I mean, we took the ball second half. We had a lot of possession, um, and you know we had to show a, a real strong mentality to to keep pushing and keep moving forward, trying to get the winner. As you say, the uh, the second half dominance w- was there for, for for all to see, I would say. But uh, and the first half quite a scrappy affair, but still uh, Chesterfield could have had uh, the opening goal uh, as it turns. Yeah, out. yeah, both teams hit the post yeah. in the first half. Um, we had another. Chance was it was it was that Josh Zeda first half or second half? But he had a he had an opportunity second half. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. Look, uh, they, they they came. I thought I thought I thought they were trying to do a job on us. They were sitting deep, making it very difficult um, for us to penetrate them in, in in the box. But look, we managed to do that, and um, that that's what this league's about. At times, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep knocking on the door. You've got to keep persevering. And, and that's what we did. And all too often this season, we've been in the driving seat, and you know um, we've been pegged back at the end. So um, it's rewarding, you know, for for the hard work that they're putting in on the training ground. That you know we managed to come out on top and uh, and get the three points late on. Nicky Jose had his chances. First one very unlucky coming off the post, and the second one which uh, he just uh, sort of miscued his header slightly. Uh, must be a. Fr- I mean, Nicky Jose is a bubbly character, but it must be slightly frustrating when he gets this opportunity and uh, and reasonable performance. But when they are a team like Chesterfield are sitting deep and, and frustrating us. Uh, in yeah, that that, that, w- that that was a quality move. I've got to say, I was really pleased with that piece of football. We moved the ball quickly, one touch, two touch. The movement was good. The layoff then from Josh and, uh, and 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 Nick's done everything right. He's he's just he's just maybe an inch or two out. Otherwise, that's gone in in off the post. So you know he's put it in the right area. He's just unfortunate that he didn't quite tuck it in for Do us. Do you read this sort of game where if that had gone in early in that first half, Chesterfield may have had to have come and open up a bit more and may have given us a few more. Uh, yeah, yeah, you may, may have left a bit more space in behind. I mean, I, I mean that's the thing. That's what happened, isn't it? I mean, as soon as we got the goal, then they 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 they, they throw in everything at it to try and uh, do something about it, leaving space again. And and to be honest, that's when we've got to be. Um, careful as well, and, and ensure that we still got a balance and, and can still control the game, manage the game, and, and, and see the game out. And, and, and if not, maybe go on and, and counter and, uh, and get a second. You mentioned that uh, both Ricky and uh, Adamola look uh, more comfortable on their left hand side. We've got a cup game coming up next week. Will you uh, be looking to maybe uh, experiment a bit uh, with the cup game coming up? Well, we'll see how people have come out of that game f- for sure. Um, the important thing is 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 obviously the the league program um we've taken eight points from four games now so that that's a better return for us that's a little bit of momentum that we so dearly needed um and we need to take that forward into the next league game but um you know i like a cup game it's you know to have a run in the cup um is 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 quality sometimes and um you know, but we we got the toughest of of all games. Probably the most informed team in the in the bottom two leagues at the minute in, in Scunthorpe. So um, we'll have a look at it, but um, sure it'll be a good game. Well, enjoy the victory. Uh, they're good when they come, especially at home. And congratulations on that. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks, Roger. Almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, we saw Ulrich off his line. What a goal.
Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Heard there from uh, Russell Slade. I, get, I, mean, I think the way that fans would have seen yesterday's game, and in terms of everything, in terms of it being a disappointing atmosphere and a you know a flat atmosphere and, and 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 you know a frustrating game. Um, I, I, I think it's always it's always like that we'd have seen that differently to the way Russell would have seen it. Russell would have seen it as we had to wear down a team who came as, as as he said sat very deep, and he would have been like, you know, we got the three points, and and that's the, that's all he really cares about, I guess. Yeah, of course. I mean, but I, I think that's where the level of expectation comes in. Do we want to settle for just you know having a frustrating game and then getting out of jail at the end, or do we want to be on the front foot the whole game? I mean, mm. the 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 thing that sta- stands out for me was Adamola Lutman seemed to be 10 yards away from Chris Solly for most of the game. And I'm sure that's not Adamola's, you know, Adamola's not wanting to do that. He wants to be up near the goal. But he just seemed to be so close and not running behind his fullback so often that he was always inside. And, and that sort of thing was, although we're playing 4 4 2, it didn't really seem like we were really trying to express ourselves and force mm. ourselves forward. Yeah, but I guess uh, the, the question then is whether it is Chesterfield doing a job on us, as as, as Russell tried to say. There is, it is, you know, I, I I think it's fairly likely it's a combination of both. It is probably Chesterfield doing a job on us. Sometimes us not really being on our game at times, and you know, uh, persistence paid off. I guess in, in the end, yeah. when, when it came to it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, when you when teams come here and sit behind the ball, it's what you've got to do. Though you've just got to be patient and just try and move them about a little bit quicker than we did yesterday. But I mean, if I was Chesterfield, I would I'd come and have a go at us. I wouldn't sit behind a boy. It's not like we're a force or anything. We're nothing mm. to be so scared of. But you are going to have teams that are just going to sit there, and then you're going to have teams that come here and have a go at us, like Bolton did, you know, and nearly got a result out of it. But um, yeah, no, um, we just need to try and move the ball a little bit quicker and. Uh, that in turn will then increase the atmosphere. I think once we're starting to play it with a bit more endeavour and a bit more mm. pace, I think we'll be. I think the crowd will be lifted. Grey Nine says Chesterfield were awful. Uh, we weren't much mm. better. Slade is so uninspiring. Feels like community service going to the games. Uh, uh, there was uh, ironically a lot of people going to the games are getting community service. It seems uh, there was uh, there was my life in uh, there was my life there was more life. Sorry, in my halftime pint than our performance. I hope we stick with a Jose gets the chance get get him the chances and he will score the goals. Baz Johnston says I've just told your girlfriend the truth about the goal scorer. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right, let's uh, let's have a look at a couple of tweets that come in. Uh, running time to go says passing sideways all the time. At least Botaka came on and drove forward. Always wanting the ball. Holmes was his man of the match though Sebo said not the prettiest performance but a win or two like this will mean the confidence will improve along with the performance levels up the alley I mean I think if, if you look at the table I think I'm right in saying that we're only, if we win our game in hand we're only one point off the playoffs which says two mm. things to me it says how bad this league is yeah. <laughs> this league is for starters but, and the second thing is we're not a million miles away from hovering around the playoffs saying where we want to be it's a tight league isn't it Louis you say we have a game in hand but you do realise that is against Mill. so yeah, we, we, we don't actually have a game in hand we'll actually manage to yes. lose points there. we'll actually be exactly, 10 points yeah. off the playoffs after that yeah that's a good point um, uh, right Amy the lovely Amy tweets and says talking to a friend after the game and both of us said it's strange how we can get how we can win games these days, yet we still feel so flat. And Marion agrees. A good point. How can I not get excited anymore? Expect to lose a draw. Not that excited by a win. Ashley says uh, no tunnel jumps anymore either, which it seems to sound. We, we touched on it earlier. I mean, that it's a silly little thing, the tunnel jump, but it's, tradi- it's traditional Charlton thing. And I always, I've always enjoyed it because you know we've won the game, and it's just a little 
it's a current player's way of saying, oh, I, I hear this is what you do at Charlton. And, you know, when a new player joins in with it, I always enjoy that when a new player joins in with a tunnel jump. I think that's mm. quite a nice, that's, that is a good connection between the players and the fans. And you hope that comes back soon, don't you? Yeah, but maybe if Navi Sarr comes back, he'll start doing it when, um, when he starts playing for us again or something. But yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. But I d- yeah, I don't know why it's not, not being done. Yeah. Jacko didn't play, did he? But, uh, uh, yeah, I'd thought someone like Morgan may do it or something, but obviously, obviously mm. not. But well, I mean, I think a question, question how appropriate it is really at the time. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My my opinion. I'm not sure. I do miss it. It's almost. Feel, I, f- I mean, I remember my dad turned around to me and said, "I said, well, I'll wait for the tunnel jump." And I mean, I don't think they'll do. And I said, "Why?" I said, "Well, it's a bit embarrassing, really. You know, we've, yeah. we haven't won for this. This was a commentary game. We haven't won yeah. for this long. And then now we've and we're not playing particularly well. All of this stuff off the pitch. And then you know." Had, we didn't exactly I don't know I mean I see what you mean I mean we've been in League One before and it's happened and, and it's still great then but I mean sometimes in this climate I would question how yeah. appropriate it is really and Ashley says she agrees when it comes to the tunnel jump she really does hope that it comes it's something that comes back uh, Roger says uh, and this was this was a nice little side note yesterday he says uh, the best bit yesterday was seeing Andy Hunt brought onto the pitch at half time absolute legend and that was that was nice wasn't it I'd, uh, he, he came out before the game to be interviewed and I couldn't work out who it was from, from where I was yeah. Uh, but then we, he was introduced at half-time, Andy Hunt. I mean, he was, a, uh, he was a bit of a legend back in the day, wasn't he? He's, yeah. He's, someone someone quite, correctly, quite rightly pointed out on the forum yesterday, it's quite sad to see all these legends, like Kish was back at the last home game, and see these pe- people like them coming back, and they must they must look at what's going on now and think, Jesus, what, what state of the club mm. now compared to when they left it? Yeah, that's what I mean. It'd be interesting to see what, um, what Andy had to say about the whole experience, shall I say, mm. uh, match day experience. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was great. Great to see him. He, he fond memories of him in the Premiership, and because uh, and then you had the sort of same era as Mendonca and that, wouldn't you? So mm. yeah. the season we had the the second promotion from the mm. Championship, we had him and Mendonca. Really, yeah, didn't we? Um, I remember that. That was I used to love that. And then yeah, and then after I well, no, Mendonca was injured for quite a long time. Yeah, he had the back yeah. stuff, didn't yeah. he? But yeah, no, I went and I, I'm not plugging for his site or anything, but I went and looked at his thing that he's got in Belize. <laughs> It actually right. looks pretty good, actually. If Wait, it is it some sort of retreat or something? It's, yeah, it's, it's like some sort of hotel f- sort of dome thing that you can do sort of stuff. It looks actually pretty cool, to be honest, but um, it's not for me. I'm not a jungle person, but it looks quite You're cool. You're not a jungle person. Yeah, no. I, I don't feel like I'd survive in a jungle. No? I'm a bit too pampered for that, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, um... Uh, we've got a few emails to come to after the uh, we're going to hear from. Now, this is a man we don't get to hear from very often at all. Uh, Chris Solly uh, came in to speak to the, the press conference yesterday, uh, spoke to Terry and, and myself and one other bloke, I don't know who he was. And uh, so, yeah, this is Chris Solly made it yesterday's win. Chris, half-all game. Uh, win came in the end, but uh, did you think at some point, uh, a bit like some of the uh, results we've had, it just wasn't going to come? Yeah, we remember um, Botaka putting a great cross for Nicky. He had a good chance with his head up. Uh, and then when we miss that one, I think that must be about the 75th minute. Yeah, I was starting to think maybe it's not going to be our day again. It's going to be another draw, but we kept going. And like we said in the change rooms, just a minute ago, it was about patience. Keep trying to grind out them opportunities. And thankfully, Novak's put a great header away. You uh, you almost got on the score sheet yourself in the first half. <laughs> yeah. uh, did uh, did you think that was going in when you left your foot? Nah. Or, uh, you <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I knew he was going over as soon as I hit. It was a yeah, good opportunity. I should have done better, really, but... Luckily, Novak's stuck one away and saved me. Thank you, Blushes. The defensive performance must please you, though. Uh, clean sheet and uh, Patrick Bauer back alongside you. Uh, you must be happy with the, the, the solid feel of the back four. Yeah, something we've spoke about as a back four. 
I think we'd let in 14 in 14 games, which is pretty good to be fair in this league. I think we're up there, maybe third or fourth in the league, best defences. So uh, we spoke about it in the warm-up, keeping another clean sheet today and getting it below a goal a game, and we've managed to do that today, and it's something here yeah, that we pride ourselves on as a back four. How does the team, uh, how does the team spirit there? Because you know, we've had a few results where it just hasn't gone our way, or we've had one good half and the other half's been a bit different, and we haven't quite uh, gone over the line with, uh, uh, with, uh, with victories and a lot of draws. Um, how's that uh, feeling? A lot of people have asked me that, and uh, I keep telling them the spirit's been really good around the training ground, and I think some of our better performances have come away from home, and I think the fans probably haven't seen that, like, like when we was up at Port Vale. We should have been out of sight at half-time. I think that's the best we've played over 45 minutes. And then we've thrown it away and drawn, and it looks like a bad result. But we've just taken eight points from the four games, which ain't a bad return. I think we maybe should have had ten winning at Port Vale. But overall, eight points from the four ain't too bad. And there is uh, bases we can kick on from there. The league table looks a little bit better, I think. With a game in hand, we win that. We're a point off the playoffs and start looking up now rather than down. And is that the feeling of the dressing room that uh, you, we've got the we've got the side and we've got the capabilities to to make a push on and uh, and and threaten the top spots? No, definitely. We still like uh, got a lot of new players who've come in. We're still gelling as a team, really, and it's been a lot of chops and uh, chops and changes. And centre half, we've never really had a centre half pairing really that have played consistently. And now we've got that with Patrick and Pierce, who are both doing really well. And yeah, as a squad, I think we've got players who are coming on today. As you see, Novak gets the winner. Botaka had a big influence today. I think we've got the squad to push on there and get out of the table. Still some young players coming in and out of the side, and, uh, and, and you take the captain's armband. See a, a bit of a responsibility to try and uh, nurture them into, in, into the squad and into the team? No, it's something I enjoy as well. I come through the academy, so I've been where they was once, and I enjoy that role and speaking to the young lads. Esri's come in and been brilliant every time he's played. Adi Mola's come in, and we all know the talent he is. Brandon's been in and out now, and hopefully he'll get a run when the opportunity arises, and he'll take that. So... As fans, I know you all appreciate the academy players coming through and obviously doing it myself is something I want to see more of as well. On that right-hand side, uh, you had Adamola uh, uh, mostly on that right-hand side today. Uh, occasionally, Ricky goes across there. and uh, Is that difficult to try and get a partnership when, when you're not always with the same, uh, same player in front of you? Um, I've played more with Ricky this season and I think I'll get on quite well with Rick. But no, it's not a problem. They've both got so much quality. I know what sort of player Rick is. He wants to get the ball and get out players, whereas Addy's more, maybe more intelligent player who will drop in, in the hole, get in pockets where defenders find him hard to pick up. And it's all about trying to find both of them and get them on the ball as much as we can because we know they're both threats as soon as they get it. And uh, you see your role is trying to get forward as much as possible to, to, to overlap down that right hand side? Yeah, like I said, it's, if I'm playing with Rick, sometimes when I give him the ball and he's one-on-one, -on -one, there's no need for me to get around him because he can go either way. Sometimes I'm taking up a bit of his space if I'm going around the outside of him. So sometimes I can just feed Rick, let him get the defender one on one, and I, I trust his ability to beat the defender more often than not. Cup end next week. Um, do you uh, do you think uh, the manager might look to the rest of you players? How's, how's your you took a back today or a couple of weeks actually? Yeah. How's your fitness? No, I feel fine. Um, I have no idea what his plans are for next week. I know we've got the two cup games, haven't we? Plan the Tuesday as well. Um, I'm not too sure what he's thinking, but obviously there's players that maybe have come on today and earned the right to play next week. Um, there's a few players that have played a lot of minutes, like Josh McGuinness has played a lot of minutes, went away on the international, started both his games for his country, Crofty's played every game, Foxy's played every game, so I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm sure the manager's got a few decisions to make. Good luck with that.
Chris Tell mentioned your uh, your challenge you had today. Um, I, don't, I don't think you scored since that screamer at Blackwood. Is that, yeah. is, that, is that something that really bothers you in that position? Or? Not really. I'd take a clean sheet over scoring, to be honest, and I'd take the three points over scoring any day of the week. Like, the three points mean more, and at the end of the day, like pushing up the table means more than me scoring. So. All right. Hi. Sorry, uh, just a quick one. Um, beginning of the second half, it was looking like it, it, it sort of Chesterfield was sitting back. You guys were getting the ball, but getting frustrated in the final third. Obviously, Ricky Holmes loves having the ball on his feet. Um, does that bring everyone up a bit when he's when he's got a bit between his teeth and he's really trying to pull the strings? All of us know the ability Rick's got, and I think the fans have taken to him because as soon as he gets it, he wants to drive forward, and I think the fans want to see that. But I think. I think like, all of us were confident that the goal was going to come eventually, but he was just grinding out the opportunity still. And as you see in the, first, in the second half, I think we must have fed Rick the ball seven or eight times in the space of 15, 20 minutes. And he kept trying to get crosses in, kept trying to create chances, and eventually it was him who set up the goal. So. How was, uh, how was <coughs> Lee after scoring the winner? Pardon? How was Lee Novak after scoring the winner? Obviously, yeah, he's really pleased. It was his old team as well, so that tends to happen quite a lot, you see, nowadays. So, yeah. It was a big goal for us and a massive three points going into a two-week spell now without a league game. It's obviously a frustrating start to the season. Is he? Um, I think he was playing around the fun last season, so I imagine he's uh, he wants to sort of set set in motion, getting back into the first team. Maybe. Yeah, he had a, an injury didn't he, at the end of pre-season, kind of stopped him, and then he had an illness. Missed the game, I think, and yeah, it's been a little bit stop-start for him. But yeah, I've played against him a number of times. I know the quality he's got. And once he gets firing, I'm sure he'll be a great asset for the team. Johnny Jackson! Is it? Charlton Live. From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. We showed until the last second a good desire and they got rewarded for it. Uh, So they still, the whole team showed that they really want, really want, really want. Want, really, really want. Want, really, really want. Really, really, really if you want to be my lover. Uh, you know, tomorrow's a year to the day since his first uh, first game in charge of the Alex Carroll Fry up at um, Middlesbrough. So, yeah, yeah. if I play that again. We're going to do Carroll Fry's greatest hits on uh, on Thursday, I think, to commemorate <laughs> that... Uh, that um that that wonderful uh, anniversary right uh, we heard there from Chris Solly we don't hear from Solly uh, very often so it's very I was very excited when I was told that, uh, that Chris was coming out to uh, to speak to us I think that's actually the first time I've had to interview someone or been involved in a press conference uh, with someone who I've got a cat named after mm. so <laughs> I should have said that to him yeah. said, how do you feel that my cat's named after <laughs> but he's, he's ginger isn't he Solly isn't he yeah he is yeah, 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 not actually Chris Solly obviously yeah, no, yeah, no, it's a she as well Chris oh, right, she, I, think, I think she's listening now actually she's listening about Amy at home Hello, Soddy. Hope you're all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris talks about there. Um, we've only conceded 14 goals this season. I think I'm looking. I think you've got Bolton. We've only conceded 11. And uh, apart from that, I think no one else has conceded fewer than us. So you know, you can't can't really argue with our defending this season, can you? 
No, I mean, I've said in the, you know, it was a sound defensive uh, performance at the start against she- uh, against Chesterfield, but you know, we've been good all season at the back, re- you know, relatively. But I mean, it's, that, that's not where the issues lie mm. in the team. It's you know, it's going forward where yeah. we're struggling. Good stuff. Right, we've got a few emails that come into studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can uh, don't forget you can email us if you want to talk about yesterday's game. Uh, we, we'll talk about uh, in a bit as well the free. Speech protest as well, Joe. I think you might have an input on that. Um, uh, we talk about that. Uh, if you saw anyone with a banner yesterday, if you took your own banner, let us know what you took and what it said. Uh, if you were exercising your right to free speech, um, uh, you can email studio at channelnive.co.uk. Right, uh, Mark Whiffin did just that, but he was talking about the game. He says, Good to see the addicts win yesterday. But what does worry me is the lack of goals we are scoring. We're not conceding many, which is good. But if we want to get up that table, we need to be scoring more and closing games off. And I mean, that is a problem we've had all season, isn't it? We're not perhaps taking these as many chances as we want. We, we, we've scored 18 goals so far this season. I mean, if you look at Scunthorpe, they're running away, but they've got 10 more than anyone else with 36. Um, Bolton have only got 20. They're second. They're not scoring that many either. But you know, there, there's more teams around the 25, 26, 27 mark than we are. I mean, and that that has been our, our downfall at times this season is when creating chances, not taking them. Yeah, we we have been sort of struggling to create the chances, which is obviously why we're not why we're drawing more games than not. So um, yeah, like Joe said, it, the defence. I ain't got a problem with defence at all. I think we're more than more than strong enough in that department. But it's just that middle, um, which in recent games, to be fair to Freddie, he's he's shown a bit more. Now some stuff on the ball, especially you know, like Josh's goal against Coventry, and what was it his goal against? Um, was it Port Vale? He scored that little little cheeky. Yeah, thing. yeah. So you know he's stepping up a little bit now. We're looking a little bit better um, in terms of that, but I still think we need. That's where we're struggling in terms of depth. Is that central midfielder, maybe even another winger? But yeah, so I think if we just need to get firing, get Nicky and Big Noves firing on all cylinders, and then um, yeah. We should be climbing up to the top spot. Blimey. <laughs> 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 Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, to try and be positive sometimes. <laughs> uh, right, let me just get another email up here. Uh, I've just had a photo of Solly tweeted into me now. She's listening to the show. She's enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> right, if my laptop stops failing, we'll have an email from uh, Stuart Court. Uh, he says, I've got a few stats for you to use on your show this evening and whilst my uh, laptop is still faltering we'll just wait for that to load so let's talk about my cat some more uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, while waiting for my laptop to sort itself out which is having a disaster here we, we, we're talking about those, those strikers that haven't haven't quite hit that run of form they're after yet I mean Josh McGuinness has got two or three and uh, Jose's got two or three uh, Novak's now got two um I guess if, if you're the striker coming off the bench, which we've seen in the last couple of weeks from from Novak and from a Jose, and you get that goal, you are, that is the way you've got to prove yourself if you're the one on the bench. You come off and you score a goal, that's the way you've got to prove yourself to Slade, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's tough, really. I mean, you you kind of wish, well, obviously, because you're a Charlton fan, but you wish that a Jose chance in the first half goes in because it's a proper, you know, you're through on goal, it's a striker's chance, mm. finish it bottom corner. It's not like his goal is away at Walsall. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they, they kind of fell onto his foot and yeah. into the goal, well, or onto his head, in, you know, yeah. went in. That, that's an actual, you know, striker's chance, and that kind of could have set him on the on the way, which is what he needed. I mean, he's obviously capable of scoring in this division, as you've seen mm. last year. But 
it's just disappointing that it doesn't happen. But yeah. you know, would you so think if he hadn't? I mean, he went for the sugar-free variety of Red Bull. Yes. Do you think if he'd gone for the full-fat Red Bull, that might have been better for him yesterday? Got a trick. If he yeah, had yeah. full-fat yeah. full full Red Bull. <laughs> right, Stuart's uh, email has finally loaded on my. Uh, he's uh, says evening. Oh, a few stats that you may wish to use on your show this evening. Charlton versus Chesterfield attendance. Announced as 10,153, uh, 10, although it's more like, in his opinion, 6,500. The lowest Saturday home league game attendance since 1997, August 1997 against Oxford United, which was 10,145. Uh, the East End was officially opened on the 2nd of uh, April 94. I know, that's my first ever game against Southend. Uh, he says, yesterday was the emptiest it's been for a CFC league fixture. Uh, the average home league attendance was 11,000. Uh, and 44 this season it says keep up the good work regards uh, CFC Facts and Stats it's at CFC Facts on Twitter it's a really good account actually it's worth following yeah. um, what do those low attendances tell you? well I was so the the lowest attendance since August 97 yeah 97 yeah. one month <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah it's incredible and, 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 uh, it's a, it's a surefire sign of what's happening, isn't it? I mean, people. Um, we, we're talking about how yesterday it felt so flat, and how it was disappointing, and how um, you know it's it, it didn't feel right, even though we got a, a late winner. Um, it, it shows that the, the, a lot of people have voted with their feet this season. It's something that was mentioned during the uh, the uh, Katrina interview, which we'll come on to in a bit, actually. But it's you know you, you don't put that down just to relegation. If you look at the the sort of average when we were last in League One, it was nowhere near what we're we're, we're Knocking up currently, is it? No, and that's what I mean. We, a lot of people, like you said, have voted with their feet. They're not. They're just genuinely not interested in the football club at the moment for um, obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, it's sad, and it, it does play a part when you when the atmosphere is flat because there's hardly anyone there, and then the people that are there, including us, it, it just. I was saying earlier, it just feels like it's, I've, I have to be there. It's like a chore sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and that's the downside because some, sometimes you go to the football game for the football, but you also go there to like a social aspect as well. Yeah, but you and can't have a social aspect because no one's in the no, pub. No one's turning. Yeah. yeah, no one's turning up. I mean, how empty the Valley Calf was yesterday before the game. Like, I can believe it. Right, uh, Sally, <laughs> Sally Wyatt uh, email says, "Was at the game yesterday. I've never felt so deflated after a win. The attendance was the lowest I've ever seen, and the atmosphere totally non-existent. How sad our once great club has come to this. The protest was sadly a flop." Where were all the banners? I only saw a few, uh, including my own. Uh, I think trouble we have, uh, we now have, is so many fans are either boycotting or just giving up attending, meaning there are not enough fans to make a noise or join in any protest. Seems to me everyone has just given up, and I cannot see the point in protesting where where card goes from here. I don't know. Plus, not one player can even be bothered to do a tunnel jump after a win. I mean, the only thing I will say is that there were there were a lot of protests during the. Pick the pick game. We saw that. I mean, th- there still is the appetite for protest. I guess ideas are probably quite hard to come up with, and you know we're, we're very lucky to be joined in the studio tonight by uh, by someone who uh, who's a sports uh, sports journalism student, uh, Joe. <laughs> um, you know, uh, th- there was a, there was a probably what twenty twenty five banners in the ground this day. It's, it's, it's not as as exciting no. a protest perhaps as, as as the pig one. No, it's 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 tough. I mean, because yeah. you know with the the lack of people in the ground which has its own benefits for the for the campaign but yeah. i think we have to we have to realize there's kind of tactics sort of at the moment that we have to target games and, and get people to come people aren't going to keep coming pro- there'll be protest fatigue and if they're not yeah. coming for the football then they won't just keep coming for a protest mm. so we have to target games and we can't do 
can't do it every week because uh, yeah. they, don't, they won't, just won't be the people. I think that... I think it's, it is right though. We, we should quickly break your cover just for anyone who doesn't know who Joe is. I mean, Joe Joe is a, a sports journalism student, which is why he's on the show. But he's also been involved uh, uh, a fair bit in in the uh, the, the card uh, the coalition against Roland Duchesne. He started off the uh, we helped with uh, with Ben Hayes to start off the the spell it out in black and white Twitter campaign that sort of stuff um, so so you, you get involved with, with the meetings and stuff you, you know sort of how it goes on behind the scenes and I guess it's, it's fair that the majority of us don't really know what you guys get up to behind the scenes because that's how it has to work you need to work with some level of secrecy to get around the club and stuff but um, you know how, how, how do these sort of ideas come up with how, how does it work yeah well I mean we have a bit of a formula now that works yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> I mean the, although the um, pigs were novelty yeah um, which is good. I mean, it was it was definitely pigs first and a, a narrative second because yeah. they, were, they were the cheapest and what we could get in stock. There are no black and white scarves left in the country. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> yeah. apart from the Newcastle club shop. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and beach balls, black and white beach balls. None yeah. of them. Well, but, um, I've got one in the flat still. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a, got a pig in my shower. <laughs> yeah, well. but it, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. We have to keep keep changing it up because as I said protest fatigue it could become an issue I mean it's mm. coming it's, it's, well, about, I've, I've, about a, it's about a year now yeah. since this all started not not car but the whole sort of protesting movement yeah. it's a year and you know including myself uh, I'm you know I'm not I'm getting bored of it I want to stop doing this and just go yeah. to the football and enjoy it but obviously y- y- we have to do this we feel like we have to do this for, mm. the, for a benefit but you know, I just want it to stop now, and just yeah. but we have to keep going. You feel like I guess we're, we're going to talk about in a, in a few moments' time about the talkable interviews. I guess there was no indication that there's any any chance that things are going to come to a head soon. If you look at that interview, no, um, and that's the problem, right? I've got an email from Bob Knight. I'm going to save that till after uh, when we start to talk about the uh, the Katrina interview. I think it's more relevant to that. We've got an email from Robin Lisbon. It says, "Hi guys, uh, I think we have to get things in perspective here in terms of the opposition. No disrespect to Chesterfield, but what that looked like a lower League Two class to me." And very soon that's what we'll all be watching every week well those of us that are left we huffed and puffed the ball around the park with yet again a few key missed chances we're far too cautious heaven knows what they do in training during the week uh, I finally concluded that Slade doesn't have a clue he stands there on the touchline seemingly without an ounce of get up and go his ability to show his frustration and I don't like the way he continually defends himself and his luck in post-match interviews uh, it's getting boring I don't if uh, I got first names by Russell yesterday for the first time during the interview it never happens he always gives it to Rich and give it to me now so I think that means we're best mates now uh, he says technically we have a squad of individuals that should complete uh, should compete for the top six much was said in the summer about signings a number of signings and we've all forgotten about how many fell short however Cross and Overstad, for example played too deep and despite their evident talent did nothing other than square uh, safe square back passes at one point in the second half we had a throw in by the opposition corner flag and four players stood in the centre circle not knowing what to do Slade should uh, be coaching the likes of Crofts and Overstad to be more uh, the architects in midfield influence the game look for the killer pass it's also dead in the centre of midfield what would we do without the brilliant Ricky Holmes and Addy taking corners for goodness sake why didn't Slade change it when he did he did at the end didn't he with, with Holmes taking him by the end but it's it a bit like the Harry Kane situation the summer at the Euros him taking corners it's like it's not working you got to get him off it uh, he says I could go on all night it's dire then he concludes with none of this is relevant anyway because the regime has plans of their own uh, to wear us down and, f- and finally relocate us. This is all allegedly, of course. Uh, meanwhile, Roland and Katrine continue to play the dumb victims in the media, and what's worse, everyone like the FA and even TalkSport now have fallen for it. Regrettably, by the time we wake up from this slow-death nightmare, it may be too late. I can only hope something is going on behind the scenes to save us. Uh, and that's from Robin Lisbon. That's uh, Robin's opinions here on, on Charlton Live. Right, um, as I said, our show over the last 
well, year and two years, four years, whatever. It, it's very miserable most of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we, the, the club have had their problems, which we've uh, we, we've we've had we've talked about in uh, in detail because obviously we're a Charlton show. We talk about Charlton, and, and it has it hasn't been plain sailing. Uh, for for large periods yesterday. Now, yesterday, some, there was some good news. There was a, a young lad who's his first ever game at the Valley yesterday. A young lad called Lucas. He was brought along by uh, my mate Steve Stella. Steve, as, as everyone knows him on the show, uh, he's uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. Steve, and he uh, brought along the, this this young lad for his first ever game at the Valley. Uh, I think you bumped into him in a pub, Nate, as well. Did you, did you, see, yeah. you see the young lad? Here? Yeah, I met I met Lucas yesterday. Yeah, he's. Uh, um, is it, it's very cheeky, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a good lad. He's yeah. a good, honest lad. So. And uh, but um, yeah, Amy, uh, my, my other half was in the pub as well and texted me saying I was a young lad here for his first game. Wouldn't it be nice to, to give him an interview uh, to find out? You know, what's it what's it like? For you? We can all remember our first games. My yeah. one was brought up in an email just then against Southend. I still remember that game really well. Uh, you know, four three win against Southend. And I guess if you if you're looking for your first ever game at the Valley, you, you want a bit of excitement. You probably slightly let down with nine, you know, eighty seven minutes, but then you see a last minute goal. So I guess that that probably was. Uh, a good one to a good memory to send send the young lad home with. Now I uh, caught up with Lucas in the uh, in the pub garden yesterday after the game to find out what his uh, his first ever game, his first ever experience of football at the Valley was like. And this is what Lucas uh, made it yesterday. Lucas, your first ever game at Charlton today. What did you make of it? Well, we should have won about five one, <laughs> but we should have took our chances when we had yeah. when we had them, but we didn't. We still won, got three points, and yeah. I guess if you're only going to win a game 1-0, it's great to win it in the last minute like that. Yeah, it's great to win it like that, really, because uh, it builds up the atmosphere, really. It's just lovely like that. Yeah. And this was your first ever visit to Charlton, was it? This was my first. What did you make of the, of the stadium? It's a great atmosphere, lovely, yeah. lovely stadium. Uh, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's lo- great. Yeah. Mm. And what, what made you decide to come to Chance? You thought you come with Stella Steve there. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, no, the inspiration really. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did, did you have a favourite player from today? I had two, Lookman and uh, what's his name, Ricky. Ricky Holmes. Ricky Holmes. They're both both exciting wingers, aren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Do you play football yourself at all? I used to play football. Yeah. Would you be a winger as well then? Yeah, I did. I was a winger actually. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, can you see yourself wanting to come back to Charlton after today? Definitely. Yeah. Home and away. Home and away, oh, excellent. And uh, how, how do you think Charlton will get on this season in the league? I think they're going to finish top five. Top five, yeah. You think they make the playoffs then? Mm. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, I see you've got a Charlton shirt today as well. Mm. So you, you've really clearly caught the bug today. Not a bug. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us here on Charlton Live. Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Venegaile! And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work, firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball ball across the penalty area, picked out Venegaile, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2-1 up. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. 
So welcome back, John and I here on Maritime Radio. Happy Camel uh, Fry anniversary to one and all. Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, it was, it was. His first ever game was on Halloween. And uh, yeah, they got, drove, drove, uh, did the game up at Middlesbrough and then had to drive back from Middlesbrough all the way to Norwich on that, <laughs> looking out for um, zombies, which is always fun. Uh, right, we heard there from young Lucas, uh, enjoyed his first game at the Valley yesterday, and I hope that uh, put a smile on everyone's face. It's nice to hear uh, a, a nicer side of coming to Charlton. I guess it's very rare now. Uh, you... you, you you look at the falling attendances, I guess, you know, for the future of the club long term, we need to worry about the fact that kids aren't, our kids probably aren't, not as many of these kids are going to come along for their first game and enjoy it. So we're, we're, we're happy that Lucas did. Um, for the future of the club long term, I guess we, we, we're going to need people like him to come along, aren't we? Yeah, we're gonna get, we do because there's a lot more um, fashionable clubs, shall I say, uh, that you can go to at the moment. People like West Ham now with new ground and well, the excitement, yeah, all, yeah, all, the excitement all the fights as yeah, well. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you could have Ben and Jerry's and popcorn out there, which is still <laughs> baffles me. But um, yeah. yeah, but you've got other glamorous clubs now, um, which you, you're always going to have. But when you're playing at League One against, no disrespect to Chesterfield and teams like that, some kids ain't really going to want to go and see that, are they? They're going to want to see the Premiership stars and that. So yeah, so we need we're relying on each other to make babies and then take them to the game <laughs> <laughs> blimey, blimey, that is, uh, at, least, at least we know exactly what the process is man. Uh, right, London in it says the football on offer was again appalling how are we going to attract fans back playing that dross entertainment value was 2 out of 10 Ashley says even my mum gets it only ever been to one Charlton game ever and asked me why why don't they go forward when they have the ball <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, London in it says it doesn't help the attendances when they're oh no we've already read that that's pretty much the same thing I uh, can't believe he's still in a job uh, Freddie says he wants Gary Cordwell from Wigan uh, London Inigiza says I just want Charlton to sack Slade <laughs> uh, and, and that's it uh, Roland says that Lucas doesn't know Roland time to go that is sorry not the actual Roland says uh, uh, poor boy doesn't know what he's let himself in for <laughs> we're talking about uh, young Lucas there uh, but yeah Lucas seemed very uh, he, he obviously enjoyed his day he wants to come home in away games now fair play to him away games are always more fun yeah. uh, Sheedy says we don't impose ourselves on teams we can't put our stamp on games we struggled to create chances yesterday against a poor Chesterfield team and although the three points is all that matters in the end I worry that if Holmes Lookman and McGuinness were to pick up an injury then we'd be stuffed it's easy to get exactly how small our squad is uh, which is a good point right now when I was sunning myself in Edinburgh on uh, Thursday, I was in the queue for the Pandas, actually, when uh, uh, this uh, this interview, and I got to see, I was very lucky, you know, the Pandas don't always come out, but the Panda came, we waited about 10 minutes watching just a, like an empty bit of grass, and then he popped out of his house, done about five or six laps, uh, kicked his big football forward, so he might get in the team, and, uh, and then he then went back in, so we're very, I was very lucky to see the Panda, but definitely recommend uh, Edinburgh if anyone's uh, looking for a holiday. Um, but yeah, while I was queuing up for the Panda, uh, Katrine Mayer was on talk sport so i didn't hear it live but i did listen back to it on um on saturday morning when, I, when we got back um like i said like i said earlier in the show i think you know people were saying oh you know jim white didn't i thought jim white did quite well actually i think like pete what people forget is katrine's never going to come on this show and there's a very good reason for it because they know that probably I would give her a hard time and that's why she won't speak to me so that that's why she won't speak to me because you understand it'd be a very ridiculous thing for her to do because I'd try I'd try and make her look silly that's why when uh, when Jim White wants to interview someone he knows that if he took the same sort of level of questioning that someone who's a Charlton fan would she wouldn't come on so he wouldn't get that story and Charlton fans wouldn't get to hear her speak which means 
you know, he has to go slightly. He has to be fair, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do my best to be fair, but he has to be, he has to be very cautious, mm. and he has to, you know, let her speak and let her. Do it. So that's why people people say, "Oh, you're not harsh enough." It doesn't work like that. Um, and, and, and like I say, I think I think as fans, we should probably thank Jim and, and the team mm. down at Talksport for for going out of the way to to arrange this interview and, and for making it a, a, a situation where she was happy to speak. Um, and like I say, I mean, it's similar, it's similar, very similar to the Thomas Dryden interview, you know. People, people would probably expect people are DMing me saying, "I hope you told him to f off and all this." Of course, I didn't because I wanted to have an interview with Thomas Dryzen. You know, that's the way it works. And and I asked him some fair questions, you know, easy questions, and let him speak. And when you let these people speak, sometimes they you know <laughs> they hang themselves with, and you give them enough rope to hang themselves with. And that's you know that's what I think the best we can hope for when it comes to Katrine going on Talksport. And I think there's enough in there. Um, to say she probably did. I mean, if, if you're if you're not a Charlton fan, I don't think you you really, if you're hearing that sort of stuff for the first time, you know we're going to try and communicate better. When was the first time we heard that? November, March, two thousand and fifteen, fourteen, two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you're hearing that for the first time, maybe maybe that might come out okay. But I think for the majority of Charlton fans, we know we've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the thing. It's 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 full of this. I mean, it all sounds very nice, but we know the back. The, you know, the, the backstory of that is it's all. It's, it's just a false premise. It's just it's based on nothing. There's nothing of substance there. I mean, I mean, I I would um, echo your point of thanking Jim. I mean, it's good to have somebody sort of take an interest, and he did. Um, he went to the Gillingham away game. Yeah, good. Know, yeah. And he also is sort of trying his hardest to to get Roland in. I mean, he said at the end that if if uh, if Roland won't come in here, maybe we'll go and uh, <laughs> go and see him out there, which would be. Uh, which would be quite a story. <laughs> yeah, it won't happen. <laughs> I mean, people have tried that already, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, so we, we picked up some of the points. I mean, yeah, so I only heard it for the first time really yesterday, and I heard Rick's um, uh, reply to it the next day as well. Um, but I, I've, I've written down a few of the points. I mean, the, the first thing that, that uh, Jim White said, pretty much the first thing he said, like, Charlton fans think you're out of your depth, are you? And she said, if I was out of my depth, I wouldn't be sat here now. I mean, it, it almost seems like... You know, if you were the CEO in charge of a club, that, and this is just my opinion, but you, it seems bizarre that she, 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 I feel like she's gotten away with quite a lot mm. because, you know, of how badly we're done. You know, and, you know manage, football managers get sacked a lot. Do you, would, would, a, would you expect a CEO to be have, have a performance checked? And, and you know, the, the amount of fans we've lost, the amount of money we must be losing, the amount of long contracts we've got players that are not, unable to play for us because they're on loan now, they don't fit in, they're not good enough, you know, long players on high money. Um, you know, it all comes down to obviously the scouting network. We talk about Thomas Drys, we talk about other people like that as well. But if if, you, if she says I wouldn't be here if I wasn't out of my death, a lot of people think, well, still still think you are out of your death, but you are still here. Yeah, well, you, you'd, you'd imagine people are um, like CEOs are reviewed from their owners, but obviously Roland likes and trusts Catrien, hence why she's still here, regardless of I don't think regardless what 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 how she does at her job, she'll be here because it's she's he's. Uh, front person, if that makes sense. Project Day. I mean, she, she, yeah. like they like say, there's a trust, there's a trust there, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I don't think it'll matter how she does on it, and because I mean, like you said, all those players that are out that we're still spending money on that are, can't even play for the club anymore. It's, I don't know, I don't know the figure, but it's massive amounts of money, but just wasted now because we can't use it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I said what you guys say. It was good that we're getting that sort of exposure from. Talk sport and for the two days, and it was good to hear. You had Perry Groves on there as well, sort of. Yeah, Perry was really good then. Yeah. yeah. So well, I think it, it's strange. I mean, that that line doesn't really wash me. I wouldn't be here if 
um, if, you I know, was, if I was out of my depth. I think, yeah. well, by any, you know, any, anything measurable, you failed, really. It, it, you know, haven't done well. We've been relegated, the attendances, the appointments to the managers, you know, you, you haven't done the job properly, but but the you house are. DJ radio is pretty. Is it exactly? Yeah, but I mean, that, that, I mean that's a great thing that Rick said. He said, but everything tangible with the <laughs> the sex on the pitch advert, uh, etc., was down to her. And but then you hear the other stuff like uh, taking credit for the museum. Which, yeah, you know I mean? there was a, yeah, the, the comments was something along the lines of you know I, I I something along the lines of you know I helped to provide space for the museum was one of the first things I did here, which we, you believe that's not. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, the the museum Twitter uh, came out straight away and said, well, no, that that space was designi- designated to us by the previous regime. Mm. So, but, I mean, I that that great um, line that Rick had that I was meant to mention a minute ago was the only credit you can give her is that she hasn't smashed those things up, the things <laughs> yeah. that we're all do there and good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So talk about the museum. I think you probably talk about the trust a bit as well, which is always a contentious issue because you know the the the, the Charlton community trust is one of the best out there. Wins international awards, uh, but you know that as, as far as I'm concerned, that's down to Jason and his wonderful team. I mean, there's there's, there's always a there's always trust people here running a youth club. You know, see them day in day out. They do that sort of stuff, and you know the, the club's brands on it, but not much else really is there. No, I mean we keep. I, it's it's strange to keep you know, but basically we had the uh, Katrina Meyer bingo on the, uh, the card <laughs> yeah. account. I mean, and lo and behold, the community trust, uh, the communicating better. But you know that that I'd be find that quite offensive if I was you know in charge of the community trust and and putting in that graph um, that graft and then to to hear it used as a oh it's not all bad we're not that you know look what we've done. Mm. I find that offensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, Bob Knight says, Hi guys, uh, Kathleen Mayer is the same as a lot of senior management people. Communication to them is to talk at the opposition rather than to talk to them. Communication is a two-way thing. So that is interesting. I mean, there was the, the thing that was quick, quickly denied by the club. There was that video going around where someone rang up TalkSport and asked to be put through to talk about Charlton. Yeah. And uh, were told uh, one of Katrine's conditions was that was she wouldn't, uh, that no Charlton fans would be allowed to call during and after. Uh, the club quickly denied that, which I think is important to point out. But um, uh, the, the the fact that she wouldn't have calls during, I guess, uh, is 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 is, it, is that fair? Is, is that is that communication? Or is that uh, PR? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it all stems back to your point where you said why she doesn't come in here. I think if she went on there and they allowed the phone calls, then you don't know what sort of phone call it's going to be and she might not so I mean on, on Thursday like me and Tom was t- saying that a lot of the questions sounded like they were pre sort of meditated so that she, she knew what the questions were going to be she knew what her answers were going to be I'm not, well, I'm not, we're not saying if that's the case no not, no but that's what yeah. to me it's that's what it seemed like so then if I put that together with not allowing any phone calls if yeah. that was talk sports jobs or whatever yeah, but there's always the possibility that she knew roughly like not not, not I'm not saying talk sport told her I'd, no know, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if that was the case hmm. but maybe she, she knows she probably knows what she's going to be asked about she knows what fans see as the big problems and Jim Wyatt would have gone out and sp- he went out and spoke to fans at Gillingham you know he'd like to say you've done a good job Jim Wayne he, yeah, went, out, he no. went out he went out and asked he spoke to people so he they, she probably knew roughly what, what the areas of contention are mm. Thomas Dryzen being one of them communication is something that everyone picks up although to me communication was you know when it, when it started with a communication black and white campaign 
that for me was because at that point we were like, what the hell's going on here? No yeah. one knows. No one knows what's going on. Now, now we're a year or so down the line. It's like, all right, we get it. There's nothing worthwhile communicating now. We've got other problems now. Right. I, I mean, I found it complete irony overload. I mean, we must communicate better, but you can't phone into the uh, the show. Mm. I've loved it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and obviously Rick uh, pointed out. Uh, Lisbon says Katrina's incompetence proves their sole objective is to run us down and sell the ground. Obviously, Lisbon. Uh, uh, Lisbon's opinion here on Channel Live. Uh, what other things did, did I mean? The, she talked about the scouting system. There was a long conversation between uh, it was Jim, Danny Murphy, it was uh, Dean Saunders, was it? it was, yeah, mm. former former failed manager, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and Katrine talking about how how clubs how how the team is managed now, and you talk, talk about you know Russell having the final say in transfers, which I believe is 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 the case mm. definitely. And, you know. I've, Understand that Russell. I mean, in fact, Katrina even said that Russell turned down a couple of players that were put to, towards him. Um, but Rick said the next day is, is something like, you know, Russell's doing his very best in trying to work in a very much a broken system. The fact that he used the fact that Thomas Streisand is still involved. You know, the, the, the question I think uh, it was someone at the Bromley Addicts meeting apparently asked, tried to ask uh, when, when they met with Katrina before the Coventry game. It must have been they tried to ask what Thomas is. Um, uh, like uh, qualifications are to be a scout, and 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 that apparently that question was sidestepped. I mean, five times, five well. times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, sideways movement at channel once again. <laughs> yeah. So 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 that that does as as Rick said that that does say you know even if even if he is only a scout is 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 he working in an environment where Russell Slade is going to be given the support he needed or? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I don't think I I understand um, fan criticism of Slade, and I I do agree. Um, but I don't think our issues are with Russell Slade. They go beyond that, and and Rick's bang on. The the, the whole system, the way the the way it works, is just is doomed to failure. Really, I mean, I, I can't see a way where it, it works. And while while Thomas Driesen is still involved at the club, I don't I don't see it as a viable thing to support because it just makes no no sense to English mm. football at all. Oh dear! Right, uh, <laughs> another, uh, uh, that, and now uh, some of the things that were brought up about, uh, you know, and and this is this is a bit of balance. This is, and I think, this is fair. Um, it was done on Five Live as well, actually. When after the pick after Piggate, um, Steve Clark was on Five Live, and they spoke to him about, uh, you know, the, the the what what I'd call the downside of of not of card because I don't it's not a card thing, but of of, of some protesters uh, or or, some, or just some fans. You talk about. Um, uh, misogyny, you know the the Nabi Sar song, which mm-hmm. you know we, I, I, you know, I've condemned that on the show loads of times because it, it, it's, it's sexist. The Nabi Sar song, it's talking about uh, just because she's our female CEO, talking about her own sex or something. That's sexist. Um, talking about um, you know the uh, the the fact that people went and knocked on a, a door, you know, with the, the the door of her parents in 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 Belgium. I mean, these these sort of things, you know, that you got to be careful with what you're doing because you know. That detracts from from what people are trying to achieve, and if if there's a stick to beat the fans with, protesting fans with, then then they'll take it. And and, and it, it's only good and proper that Talksport and both Five Live asked about it because that's fair. And but because it's out there, because those two things happen, that's been clutched at and it's been talked about. Yeah, I mean, I just I think we have enough ammunition to to hit them with of why why they should leave the club beyond beyond things mm. like you know sexist songs. It's just it's not. Necessary, but yeah, as as you say, the uh, the visiting of the Belgians, uh, the Belgian in Belgium, the yeah. uh, the p- parents' house was wasn't car, but stuff. I mean, it was basically her only real win on the yeah on the. Uh, it was it was the one thing that made 
Danny Murphy yeah, go away, yeah. straight away go oh that's not on mm. and you can argue <coughs> whatever you like about how how you feel whether it should be that personal you can argue that as long as you like but media wise it doesn't you know it doesn't help yeah it doesn't uh, uh, look very good so, so I mean I guess so overall then I mean trying to see how, how fans would have seen that do, do you think Katrine would have seen that in the view as a win do you think my, my brother Ironically, works at Talk Radio, not a Talk Sport. He works at their sister station, Talk Radio, but it's in the same building. He said, um, apparently, she was very nervous before she went on, uh, which probably explains the nervous laughter throughout, which is, you know, that happens to everyone. Um, uh, and I guess, you know, do, you, do you think she would have come out of that thinking, right, I think I've done well here? I mean, it, it, was, it was widely like disregarded by Charlton fans, I think. Mm. Uh, and like I say, Rick responded the next day. But do, do you think she would have been happy with the way that went? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, sort of answered all the questions that we sort of knew what the answers were going to be. So I wasn't. So what I mean by that is that I wasn't surprised by the answers that she gave. So, yeah. and it's the sort of the same answer that she has to give every time she's asked the same question. So if she goes on to BBC next week and and then to another one a week after, it's going to be the same questions yeah. and it's going to be the same answer. So I think she. Yeah, I wouldn't say she'd count it as a win. I just think it's another day at the office for her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was funny actually. I did um, when I did my intro for BBC yesterday. I did. I, I talked about the fact that Katrina had been on air and I was sort of ten, telling the story. And then it went back into the into Nick. He was doing the the main commentary from Spurs, I think it was. And he was saying, "Oh yeah, I heard I heard that interview. We'd love to get Katrina on BBC Radio London. We've got some questions to ask as well." And I sort yeah. of laughed to myself. I was like, "Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not an easy uh, gig to get, really. I mean, overall, I mean, then so then we had the uh, there, there was uh, fans seemed to kick off. Uh, I was, last I was I was on, I was away, so I wasn't really following it too much. But fans seemed to be kicking off um, afterwards when I had a quick look at Twitter and I was getting the bus back into into Edinburgh that they weren't allowed to speak to TalkSport. And like I said, I, I, I genuinely do think, you know, we, we have got to remember we're not a huge story. No matter, no, the protest is quite a big story, yeah. but we're not, we're not Chelsea's, not, we're not yeah. Chelsea's winning yeah. getting a haircut or something. You yeah, know, yeah. That, that'll feel like four or five hours on TalkSport. Yeah. People, people don't tend to care about us, do they? So yeah. that might have been the reason why they didn't want to put Charlton fans through, really, is because they can't spend all day talking about Charlton. We can, but they can't. I think it was, it was described to me, which I thought was a nice way of phrasing it, was that, after the interview, it was just a it was a nil nil draw. But then, the the that phone call, the recording of the phone call coming out, and the yeah. media response we got from that made it like it was like a last minute winner, and it yeah. sort of saved us. and And I thought it was quite a nice way of phrasing how the how the day went. And yeah, you know, and Rick went on the next day, obviously, and then yeah. banged in a few I more. Mean, yeah, the, the Rick uh, the Rick interview uh, the next day. So I, I listened to that again uh, on Saturday morning as well. Uh, I walked past Rick yesterday and uh, just sort of shouted across the road. So well done. I thought I heard you talk sport done well, and he, and I said they should have put you on for an hour. And he said, and he and he said quite rightly, he said, you know, the CEO is reasonably famous, and and Rick to you know we all uh, we all we all know Rick, but most he's not as famous. You know, anyone outside the chat would have heard him. And I said, if he wants an hour, he can come and talk on our show. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he gets his fifteen minutes, and 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 you know, he's a very good talker, and he, I think he did quite well to refute a lot of what she said. Really, yeah, he does well to. Uh not get carried away and emotional because yeah. when you when you hear questions I'd be you know uh, you know it's hard to sort of keep a lid on things and and be be rational but um he do, he does well at that he speaks for he doesn't ramble what well, I find he's actually quite straight to the point and um it, it's easy to follow so if I was an outside if I was a Charlton fan and you know, I heard him speak he gets the point across very well and it's concise very, yeah and he's very clear mm. yeah 
That's why I thought it was really good. Because I've listened back to it on Saturday morning on the on the hour and a half train into Charlton. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's just another yeah. story. But yeah, no, it's really good. Really uh, good insight. Yeah. So you know, wh- wh- where do we go now? Then so we've had uh, we've had that, that's the, the latest battle in the war, as, as Katrine called it on the on the on talks. What she said, it's a war between the the fans and the owners. Which is a nice way of putting it. It's yeah. probably true, to be fair, but it's, uh, you didn't quite expect to be here yeah, describe like that. Battle lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what happens now then? Um, there's, you know, we won't. I'm not going to go into too much. To what's, what's, there's some weird stuff going around at the moment, isn't there? And then the forums and stuff. It's a bit unusual. Trying to work out what's going on with that yeah. sort of stuff. I don't really want to go into that because I don't know what's going on. But you know, where, where do the fans take it now? You know, you. The protests, I assume, continue. Yeah, what, of course. What, you know, obviously, without giving away too much, what do you, what do you think's no. next? Well, it's hard. I mean, we have to we have to sort of work out the club strategy, really. I mean, obviously, the PR agency are, are doing their doing their best, and you know, we've we've seen that this year. It's they've they've stepped it up in in the way they they combat things. Mm. But we, uh, you know, I think we just have to trust ourselves to to go with what we know and to continue until they leave. Really. You mentioned it earlier, the protest fatigue. I was going to say, I mean, at the start of this season, there was a huge divide. I think. Uh, where people are, I mean, at the end, of, no one will ever forget the end of last season against Burnley. Every, like thousands of people on the pitch, Burnley and Charlton fans. Charlton, I'd say ninety nine percent of the ground it seemed were getting involved with the protests, holding up banners, doing doing whatever it took. Um, and at the start of this season, we made a, especially after we we had those three early signings, didn't we? I think it was Novak, Holmes, and Jose were our three early signings. And you felt you felt there was, there was it felt like on the forums and on the, the Twitter and the whatnot. If I, I thought I felt a clear shift in the fact that people were ready to go again because you know as, as you said earlier I, I just want to come watch the football you know I, I want to come watch the football go down a pub after that's what I want to do but everything's so different at the moment I think people wanted to return to that and the fact that it didn't start off well this season a few different things came out like Thomas Dryden thing came out and you know poor performances came out people twi- turned again but there is that danger that if it's protesting forever they'll get knackered and they'll give up yeah. and they'll get bored I mean one of the one of the criticisms of Card was the um you know the sort of the no in match uh, disruptions at the start of the season, and a lot of that was saying, "Well, you're going against the. Uh, it's not about results." I think, but it has to be realised that if we don't have the support of the Charlton fans, you know, of everyone, then not everyone, obviously, but the majority with meaningful numbers, then the protests don't work and they flop. And mm. so we have to have the support of the fans. We have to kind of go with the mood of the fans. And if it was just, you know. 15 people who didn't agree with Roland, then Card wouldn't Card would be there, but it wouldn't be able to do anything. So we have yeah. to rely on the support of I mean, everyone. Yeah, we saw against um, the Coventry game, you know, thousands of pigs coming out with the 3,000 or something like that was, was, was purchased. And, you know, it felt, it felt like, and obviously the fact it was joint with Coventry as well, it did feel like there's still a huge support out there. I mean, I guess you, you must get some, I mean, I, I, we see it on Twitter, and I, I, I assume you must have heard it in the street as well during that march. I think you said you get some negativity as well, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was the uh, first real abuse personally. I yeah. had was at the Coventry game just when the the the, the pig throwing was happening. Yeah, I some few shouts from behind me, calling my name. I was like, oh god, and then a few. Uh, <laughs> well, whilst in the ground, while in the ground, yeah. But well, so, some, someone gave you abuse about the pigs going onto the pitch. Yeah. It's right. interesting. I mean, do, oh. you, I mean do, do, do you think it's people who there are still? I mean, there are still people out there who, who think it's all's fine, and we, we see enough of it on on certain Twitter accounts and certain Facebook groups. Although, you know, there are a few out there. But I mean, do, do, can you gauge what your support levels are like? Do you know? Well, yeah, you can gauge it really. I mean, because I heard one that was one dissenting voice, and then you had 
three thousand pigs on the pitch, and they didn't, <laughs> they didn't get there on their own. So, yeah, exactly. You know, point. So that's the way you could gauge it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matthias says, "Hi guys, thought both interviews with Catherine Mayer and Rick Everett on Talksport were typical." Uh, so I think he, he said he knew what he was expecting uh, from uh, from that. I guess. Uh, uh, Mark <laughs> Mark Fisselton says the Tartan Blanket Brigade think all is well. I think that's uh, probably generalised. You look for fans who who don't want to protest. It's, I think I, I actually think it's wrong to try and stereotype a fan who's not protesting as well because I think that does create divides as well. If 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 there are there are fans who come who, who literally just want to. One, I think one of my friends who comes to the game, I speak to the pub. She just wants to watch the game, and I think she she finds the disruption a bit annoying. And whereas obviously that's a personal opinion. She's not she's not a Tartan Blanket person or anything like that. That that is a personal opinion i think it's wrong to try and create divides between fans if, if someone's if you if you're a protester and you want someone to protest don't try don't create a divide speak to these people if they don't want to if they don't want to protest and just leave it you know if you speak to them you might even be able to persuade them as well yeah mm. i don't like the you know the labeling of people who don't protest yeah. and the sort of abuse they get it's you know it's everyone's everyone's opinion how they yeah. want to mm. go about and go about their their match day but i just think there is a just a vast you know, the vast majority mm. of support that I mean, we believe that we're doing the best, the best thing for the club. Really, yeah, excellent. Right, and on that note, we're gonna have to end the show. We've only got thirty seconds left. Uh, that was quick. Yeah, it's, it's flown by again, much like a flying pig. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for for listening to Chat on Life here on Maritime Radio. Uh, Nate, thanks for coming back from Pizza Express early to No worries, mate. Yeah. See you on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, the big match preview here, live on seven pm. Uh, Joe Reed, thanks Cheers. for joining. Good luck with your sports man. sports journalism uh, degree and thank your you protesting. Much. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Shot on Live here on Maritime. Back on Thursday evening to preview. Uh, oh, God. Scunthorpe in the FA Cup, right? <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.